Hey, babe. What's up, love? How you feeling? Good. How you feeling? We are going to go ahead and record another episode because we got plans. Yeah. Coming up. Um. So yeah, y'all. If you know you happen to see the video recording of this episode, we ain't no dirty people. We ain't dirty. That's <laughs> why you seen it again because we went ahead and recorded another. Yeah, we gotta know, keep the content coming. You know period. what I'm saying for our people. You know what I'm saying. Period. I at the bottom, the is. At the is. You know what I'm saying? We got our supporters that's listening to us that faithfully love us. You Period. know what I'm saying? So we got to make sure we keep the content Period. coming Period. at the end of the day. So here we go. We're going to jump right in. First of all, Vanessa. Brian's mother. Vanessa Bryant. Bruh. So, it be your own people. You know what I'm saying? Like, why is her mother suing her for money? Why is her mother saying, fuck your grief at this point. I still got bills. And I brought you into this world as though it wasn't my choice. Right. So, she pretty much suing her. For her taking care of her for 18 years of her life because her mama won't give her. No, her daughter, Vanessa, will not give her mother any money. She has cut her supply off because she's been disrespectful. She's been just asking for outrageous amounts of money. Just doing the most as a mama instead of being supportive, not looking and realizing that, yes, she lost a daughter a husband and still got kids to take care of and she has a lot on her plate she's still grieving she's still mourning the loss of her loved ones and here you go with your fucking hand in the motherfucking cookie jar wondering why she ain't giving you nothing because she don't have to she don't have to support you she chose to do that that was that was something that she was doing out the love of her heart for you but now you want to be an ungrateful, ungrateful mama. Yeah. So now she cutting your ass off. Yeah. And this is the extremes you take it. You want to go and fucking sue her for you take for you laying down and opening your fucking legs up mm. and having her. You want to sue her for take for you having to take care of her for eighteen damn years. The audacity. The fucking audacity, bro. I, I just ugh. <laughs> You're sick, man. You fucking sick, mama. And I just don't understand, like, at the end of the day, it's just like, bitch, go out and find... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, she said what she said. <laughs> she said what she said. Because it's so fucking disturbing mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it for real. Like, this shit got my blood mm-hmm. boiling. Like, why in the fuck would you sit here and try to sue your daughter knowing the shit that she going through? Instead of trying to be in a helping hand to her, you want to bring more pain on her. Mm-hmm. Like, the shit is so fucked up and whack to me, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit is lame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, for real. I don't understand. I don't understand. And it's just, as a parent, why would you, at this time, this woman's, bruh, she's still mourning her kid and her her husband. And you so focused on money, bruh. I don't understand. I Parents should not bring kids into the world. If you know you don't fucking want them. Mm-hmm. If you know you don't fucking want them, don't bring them into the world. That make me think about that damn, um, I only fix my life we just watched. Bro, let's talk about that. <laughs> so, there's a I only fix my life where there's a mother who has six daughters. And the oldest daughter originally brought them in because 
They were having issues after yeah. issues after issues. She was just like, I just want my family back. Like, me and my sisters aren't close. Some of my sisters don't speak to my mom. Yeah, it was so much fucking drama. It was a four-part episode. It, three. It was three. It was three. Yeah, it was three. Because <laughs> she went to sleep on the third one. But it was so much. And she was like, you always start watching this late at night when I got to get up and go to work. Because <laughs> she couldn't go to sleep. But it was so much. It was like the like the kids, they would disrespect the mama. The mama gave them away. Yeah. And it's like, you found out that it was actually like a, it's just a generational had curse. had a better life than mm-hmm. the other one. Yeah. Um, two or three of them had been molested. Mm-hmm. One of them, the mama gave the oldest daughter, and I think the the knee baby or something like that. I don't know how you would describe a knee baby between six kids, but it was like the knee baby. She was in the middle. Okay. So it was like the oldest child was real cool with their family member that had molested the mama. Mm-hmm. And then the mama ended up giving the knee baby to like the people that, the family that actually molested her. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck? Why would you put? Why would you send your child into an environment that you weren't even protected in? And as a mother, you don't protect your child by sending your child, which allows her in turn to also be molested and not believed by the same fucking family. The whole time Mel was sitting here watching, saying she don't want them kids, even yeah. though they were adults. But the mom had the audacity to come out her mouth and say, I didn't want them. Right. And it it was a generational curse because her mom gave her away. Her grandmother gave her mom away. And it's just like she repeated the cycle. And then the daughter who also had been molested, she wanted to prove to her mama that you could have had all six of us and took care of us and loved us had you wanted to do it. She had seven kids and she was like, I'm not giving away any of my children. And it's just like, oh, my God. But then you found out that one of the daughters that she was into is so bad. They the were into is so bad because they were fucking with the same woman. And I was wondering why the oldest daughter had said, we only getting into it because she's you jealous. jealous. Uh-huh. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's a competition mm-hmm. and all of this shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> why are you in competition with your daughter? Make it make sense. So later on in the episode... That's when the oldest daughter was like, I really can't make amends with my mom until we sit down and have a conversation mm-hmm. on why she didn't tell mm-hmm. me she was into women, why she didn't tell me. Text. She was like, she was at work and her mama was sending her emails and text messages and calling mm-hmm. her phone, trying to buy some. Mentally abusing You know her. what I'm saying? Pretty much because she was talking to a girl, but the whole time the daughter never knew that the mama was dating this same woman. The woman that they was dating to... At the, I guess at the same time in the same like era, mm-hmm. the girl never said mm-hmm. anything to her. Mm-hmm. So she, so the daughter took her around the family members, mm-hmm. and the mama was around, and she like muffed the girl in the face. But I'm like, ain't nobody asked questions around that time. Like, what's going on? How you know my mama? Well, because like, she didn't know. She didn't know that she knew her mom. Only the mama and the woman knew that they were fucking around. The daughter was the only one that was literally in the blind. I know, but I'm saying, like, at that point in time, like, she could have asked her then, like, why did you do that? Well, she just thought her mama didn't like the fact that she was dating a woman. That's crazy. But the whole time, and then the mama even came out and was like, that she was mine first. I, I said to Mel, I said, do you... Like, I can't even imagine how fucking player 
that woman felt to know I got the mama and the daughter and the mama know and she ain't saying that so I get to keep her I just gotta worry about her tripping every time we come around but I know she too scared to tell her that that's what this is I was like bro you like the ultimate pimp but I wanted the mom to leave her alone so that she could rebuild that relationship with her daughter because that was some bullshit but yeah, yeah that was get, really good. They got into it over the fact that she said, You got mad because she bought me a pair of shoes. She, the mama said, Nah, she bought me several shoes. And I was like, My God. <laughs> the bigger picture, please. That the bigger put, fucking it picture. Was just petty. They both was petty. They both was mm. mad. Yeah, that was really good. People can say what the fuck they want to say about Young Van Zandt, but they like to be having some good stuff. Yeah, and she be carrying this shit. Mm-hmm. I know she do, because mm-hmm. that shit is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then when they had to ask the knee baby, the one that the mother gave to the family of her, of the mother being molested, when she told, Ayana told her to use her words and say what she felt, she just, it's this scream that yeah. she had that came out. And I mm-hmm. felt that in my soul, mm-hmm. like, bro, this this mm-hmm. this little girl, this young lady got so much pain mm-hmm. built up inside of her. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. They were all, hurt. and all of them mm-hmm. was. And it was just like, and even through all of this process, it was like the mother to me never really gave a damn. It was like Ayanna was telling her to tell her children how she felt, and she was like, "Forgive me." It right. was like real short. Yeah. She and, said exactly what she told her to say. Yeah, and Forgive it was me, nothing personal coming from her. Forgive and me. she did say one key key fact in there that it stuck out and stuck out and it was just like, hmm. She was like, If y'all ain't got nobody, I just hope y'all have each other to lean on pretty much because she already knew it was like yeah. y'all grown now. It's yeah. like I ain't gotta really I ain't worried about y'all when y'all was kids, so I really ain't gotta worry about, about y'all, y'all right now. now. Right. right. So it's just like mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, she don't want some kids, she can care less. Like her soul was hurt too because she'd been molested more than once. Even the molestation when she was like seven years old, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then she got re molested mm-hmm. in the teenage her early teenage mm-hmm. years and then she had a baby. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, and it was just like babies after babies after babies after babies. And it's like she never could heal her own wounds. Mm-hmm. So it was like she studied having, bringing responsibilities in this world. Like she couldn't focus on that. She was addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was it was just a trickling down effect and she had no one to turn to. Right. So it was just like she couldn't be there for her kids mm-hmm. in the way that they needed her because she had no one there she for her. She didn't have an example of how to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I felt all that. I ain't blame nobody or nothing yeah. like that. But it's just sad to see because it's a lot of families that real life go through stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And it's just sad. And then just knowing the outcome is like people really don't be really getting the real help that they need. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I feel like it's, that wasn't the end of that. That wasn't going to bring them back together. Like mm-hmm. they really needed some fucking help, like help, help. All of them traumatized. I mean, so yeah, it was like, I feel like they do, but I feel like this, this set them on the path. Because by the end of the show, the mama was like, you know, I was, I just, I didn't want to say that I like women because I'm not a lesbian. I'm just trisexual and I just tried it. And she was like, I'm sorry because I assumed that you knew. And the daughter was like, I didn't. And she said, I'm so sorry. And they actually hugged and she told her she loved her and she told her mama that she loved her. So I think actively if they everybody actively works to try to have a better relationship and and actually speak because one thing that they have which i understood a lot is being being shutting down 
When I when I get mad or I feel attacked, I shut down and I don't want to talk and that's not good. Right. You have to express yourself and not expect a person to be able to read your mind and understand what it is that you're feeling. You have to talk. And so I think her giving them the tools to be able to express that I am upset with you because and you sit there and you actually listen to receive it. I think that's that that right there is major and I feel like that's gonna help them a long way. Yeah. Me and my family personally are working at that right now to be able to say, I am upset with you because you know what I'm saying, and not be defensive of what you're upset with me about, but empathetic. To try to tell you, even if that was not my intention, I understand that that hurt your feelings. So, yeah. I mean, I get it. It's some work. Yeah, it is work. And that's why I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like they need more than just oh, like Yana. Because it's just, I see the battling of everybody's trying to talk, talk, mm-hmm. talk, talk, talk. Mm-hmm. Get they point across, ain't nobody listening. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And even the mama was about to walk out during the episodes. Yeah. As well, because she was like, yeah, because... She, she, what she was saying, she mean and she don't never want to listen and all that. Them, yeah. but you got to be able to listen to them too. Because True. at the end of the day, yeah, you went through what you went through, but they went through what they went but through. But they went through what they went through. So at the time of them speaking, you have to be able to listen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's going to be the biggest ordeal that they face because of no one wants to really listen because so many people have been through the traumatizations mm-hmm. that. Everybody got something to say at the same time, mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't know, but that's 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 wicked and wild, man. Speaking of healing, Gates released a new mixtape where he again this her favorite artist if y'all don't remember, but uh, dang, but your arms look good. All right, that's enough thirst trapping. But um, Gates released a new Gates released. I'm not valid. Um, Gates released a new mixtape where he spoke on, you know, his healing and what he's been going through with his family. Family and yeah, so I like fairy tales. That's the last that's one. The very last he one. to me, he he released his um inner deepest secrets to the world. Um, by him being molested. As a little boy mm-hmm. by another male, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. I really, really like fairy tales. Fairy tales stick out, but he also take it back to Luca Brasi, and you know what I'm saying. He can get Who? it out the Luca Brasi. Oh, okay. I don't know what's going on with, with my this mouth. Tongue, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a sl- bye, y'all. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we you stop playing then, okay? Because this why. Anyway, yes, that is a very good mixtape. It like she said, it went back to the Luca Brasi days. I'ma speak so she can keep up with the tongue in her mouth. But um <laughs> I really like it. I of course, you know, the one I, what is it, dropping loads? Uh Santa Load. that's my favorite. Cause of course he's talking about the love between him and Drika and how she was there and pretty much saved him. So, you know, that's my favorite. I love it. I love this album. That's I, all you got to say? That's all that? I got. That Oh, well, one of the things that I did figure out also being a private investigator was, <laughs> you know, when he was saying, like, he took the break from social media so they could um heal. It's on the song called Shit. Yeah, everybody was trying to figure out, like, what, well, maybe not everybody, but us and people that like gays, what are they healing from? And, you know, that was around the time where the sex tape came out. And so... We had a conversation where we talked about it, and I was like, 
this is what they was healing from because Drika knew the sex tape was going to come out, but something about it didn't sit right in my spirit because I'm like, she already know that he fuck with other women. He sleep with other women. He talk about it constantly. Why would they really need to heal? But he has a song that's on this album called Shit mm-hmm. where he pretty much saying, I don't owe nobody shit. Right. And I have women who have babies that won't let me see their kids. Let me see the kids. But then you want to say that I ain't doing shit. I said, aha. Aha. That's the healing. (laughs) Because I allow you to do anything that you want to do. You couldn't even not get her pregnant. And I was like, wow, that's the heal. He had to separate. Because now if you just even pay attention to him, he stay with his family. He off social media. He off social media and he always around his family. And Drika has gotten more active. So I'm like, yeah, because you was doing too much because they Aquarius. You give them an inch, they take a mile. And it's like, I'm trying to let you be free and I'm trying to let you do you. But damn, can you think about me at all? Somebody. I'm just grateful that she can't get another girl pregnant. But yeah, um, I really like the mixtape. Y'all should check it out. Yeah, it's called... <laughs> What is that mixtape by? Hold on. The only general, general understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. Now, we're going to keep that for sure. <laughs> What's the name of it? She wants to say it so bad. She. What's the name? Only the General's Part 2. Only the General's Part 2. Check the that fuck? out. Check that out. All right. And then the last name that we watched that had, I don't know if y'all ever heard of the Cecil Hotel in oh, Los Angeles. Bruh, so we thinking about going to Cali. Oh, okay. I thought she was going to say the Cecil. I won't be there. We thinking about going to Cali. Or stay on Maine. So, (laughs) (laughs) we thinking about going to Cali this year. Mm -hmm. So, at the end of the day, the Cecil document was right on point Mm -hmm. so that we know to stay clear of this motherfucker. I swear. Slash stay on main Uh because they made it two goddamn hotels. Mm -hmm. It's the same hotel. So that shit is tricky. But anyway, the documentary was about the the lady named Elisa Lamb. Um, Lamb. Elisa Lamb. Elisa Lamb. Elisa Lamb. Mm Mm-hmm. She uh, was a Canadian uh, student in college. Mm-hmm. She wanted to take a trip. She mm-hmm. had a couple mental issues, a little chemical imbalance or whatever like that. Her medication should have kept on point. You know, her parents didn't really want her to go off, you know, to another state by herself and travel. But that's what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. She was grown at the time. She was yeah. 21. I think she was 21. Some, I think she was 21, yeah. if I make no mistake. Yeah. So, she ended up going to Los Angeles, and she ended up staying in the Cecil Hotel. Um, She stayed there, uh, supposed to be been, like, I want to say four days. Mm-hmm. And so, she was there. She was, you know, doing her thing. And at first, she was there with other ladies in the room. I don't know how they They was... shared a room, like a boarding? Like, I don't know weird. what the hell that was. But yeah. yeah, she said they were sharing a room. Mm-hmm. And then I guess she stopped taking her medication mm-hmm. out there. So she started doing, like, writing little notes saying, not alone, um, get out. And mm-hmm. she was tired of them women. Mm-hmm. She was just ready for them to get mm-hmm. the fuck out. She wanted to be by herself anyway. Mm-hmm. But anyway, after that, they, the uh, desk clerk pretty much put her in her own room. From there, 
you know, she went to a bookstore. She went to a bookstore, got a book, came back to read it. She was in one little area, and she screamed something out. I'm trying to remember what it was. I can't remember it. But anyway, she screamed something. I just watched the documentary. It's on Netflix, y'all. But this is really good. So, at the end of the day, she got the book. And when she was in that little area, whatever whatever it was that she screamed out, they wasn't paying attention because it was at the Cecil Hotel. That was just the serial killers mm-hmm. being there, victims of suicide mm-hmm. being there, just all mm-hmm. type of people that get out of jail. It was like a halfway house for them, too. So, definitely don't want to go there. Um, to stay. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, um, she was just chilling out. And so one night she got on the elevator and she was like real paranoid, just pushing all the buttons. Mm-hmm. And like before she got on, she was like doing different hand movements, like she was talking to people or somebody. Like the dough went well, we shut. Can't see who it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. the dough went shut and mm-hmm. all of that. And then all of a sudden, here she goes to um somewhere once she get off the elevator because the door wouldn't close. And once they never seen her again, again, and she yeah. was supposed to check out the day she was supposed to check out. She called it. She called her family every day instead of the day that she was supposed to check out. And the family was worried, and they was trying to do a search for whatever with the roof. Anyway, she was found in the roof of the upstate, uh, the top of the building water tank with the door closed, with the lid closed. And it's just like people was reporting water was being brown and it tasted tasted funny. funny. They, they bathing and bathing, oh, just drinking. Tea. Oh my god! And this lady decaying body. And so she, mind you, mind you, she was missing for like 19 days before they found her. So nobody know how long she was in there. You can't tell on the decomposer because she wasn't like. She was white. Yeah, washed all her color out. Her body was just in water. My God. Oh, so yeah, all of this happening. And at the time, it's just like, so everybody's trying to, at the time, you know, all the conspiracy theories. And trying to break it down, so who she was talking to in the elevator, who before she got on the elevator, was somebody holding it open, was somebody intending for her not to get on there, was somebody following her, because they said that, that someone bought her a box to the hotel, which was, they found the box in her hotel room because they had all her stuff packed up, which was the, from the bookstore. Okay. Remind me to go back to that part. So anyway, with all of this being said, it's like, you have so much to look for. Like, how did she get in a, a water tank that you have to get on the ladder for? You know what I'm saying? Like, how did she close the lid? Because the first statement, right? the janitor said, the maintenance man said, it was the lid open. was, they said it was oh, closed. Oh, no, he said it was closed. He yeah. said it was closed the first time yeah, he yeah. spoke on it. Yeah. He said that it was closed. Yeah. Which meaning that if it was a suicide, how did this lady go in there and close that tank herself? It was no possible way. Right. No possible right. way. Right. So then, story keeps unfolding. Um, around that time, um, it was a thing. Uh, tuberculosis TB was going around. Outbreak over there. Yeah. It was a strand. Mm-hmm. The strand name was Elisa Lamb. No, Lamb Elisa. Lamb and Lisa. Yeah, that was, was the, the same name. name. It was, it uh-huh. was the, the last name and the first name was changed yep. different. Uh-huh. Was like rotated. Uh-huh. The first was last and the last was first. Uh-huh. 
she went to a college that had like one of the best science schools where they do research and all of that. And one of their main focuses was tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. Yeah. And in that time when she became missing, all, a lot of the homeless people around that time was getting it. They was getting that strand. All of that was going on. Mind you, not only that, when other conspiracy theorists started doing the research on on um the bookstore, the last place that she was seen it, when they did the IP address and pulled it up from the zip code and then they Googled it on maps, it showed the cemetery this girl was buried at. And I'm like, bro. A lot of people feel like she was a biochemical weapon. And that maybe she wasn't, she had felt bad about it or was trying to take it back. But it's a lot of shit that don't add up. But one thing that is for certain and two for sure is we won't be at Stay On Main, Cecil Hotel or whatever they would like to rename it. If we're in Los Angeles and we also, if we are in Chicago, will not be at any Crown Plaza. No. Because, baby, we don't fuck around with the fuck around. At all. Because between this and Kanika Jenkins' case, this shit here has been a puzzle. It has been very weird. It's, it's a lot that's going on that people are not mm-hmm. realizing. And then the maintenance man came back after all of this, but he also quit there. Yeah, he's you know a Hispanic. Boy. He was Hispanic. Yeah. You know Hispanics don't quit no motherfucking they quit. job. They don't quit. They don't quit no motherfucking job. So for him to quit and then come back and retract his story, not only that, did the autopsy say um, unable to the the what you call it when they trying to give a cause of death? It said that um, it was unknown, accidental, mm-hmm. accidental, accidental drowning. And they feel like she jumped in the tank, which still it would have been believable had the lid been open, which is what you reported at first. But what you reported is that you had to open it. To see if anything was jammed or any, anything in it, and she floated face up to the top, and she was fully naked. Hmm. But then also with the clothes, there's a story of a little girl that was in a dilapidated building also. Called Dark Waters. Called Dark Waters, that it was the exact same thing as that movie, the way that she passed away. So, yeah, no. It's not believable. Yep. It was a lot of hands in that cookie jar yeah. on this situation, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. don't feel it like the best thing that they had going was saying that okay, well she had mental illness mm-hmm. and that she was going mm-hmm. through some things. Mm-hmm. But people that have mental illness are not dumb at oh, all. Oh no, they're not dumb at all. And at the end of the day, it was who whatever happened to her. They felt like that was the best credible thing to use against her. To make it feel like it was a, a accidental suicide or a suicide. Mm-hmm. Yep, they had to, but the shit makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. But I'm getting chill, so I'm gonna go. Bye. Yeah, we like y'all to like, <laughs> comment, review, <laughs> leave comments if you know anything extra on this documentary or want to talk about this DM part. <laughs> leave it in the comments. We'll check them. We'll see it. But yeah, make sure you hit that notification button. Make sure you hit that notification button and we are at the box DS and we out. See you later. Fanato. See you Bye. later. Peace. Peace. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> okay. So baby got distracted in a bitch. She no. started being on her phone.